0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. That goes Aquino. It's got a chance. It's gone. Get out the tape measure, long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Gene.
0: Hey, welcome to another edition of Fly the W 670. This is season one, episode 13. We are calling this. The halfway marker. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw show. Weekdays from 5:30 until 10, you can catch me from 5 to 5:30 as I warm up the audience to get those guys ready. And as always,
2: I am joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, good morning. How are you? Good morning. You can find me at Crowley's Cubs, and you can find us at Facebook Fly the W and on Instagram and Twitter Fly the W six seventy. We also have our own uh, email, flythew670 at gmail.com. Excellent. All right, Crowley, let's get
0: right into it. So when we last spoke, the Cubs were about to get involved with a 4th of July week, I guess we'll call it, with the Brewers up north of the Cheddar Curtain. I still call it Miller Park. I know it's some insurance company now that's in charge of the sponsorship, but it's Miller Park Wrigley North. And we did get to fly a couple of Ws, but let's first start with the Cubs versus Brewers game one. We had Justin Steele on the mound for
2: our Cubbies, and I was there. I was at Miller. Uh, had a good time. Had some cheese curds. Had some uh, some Milwaukee beer. Uh, it was it was great atmosphere. All three games were very well attended, uh, and and this was a pitcher's duel. And Justin Steele was just as good as I've seen him. Uh, he went 6.2 innings pitch, two hits, one run, four walks, and nine Ks. Uh, unfortunately, Eric Lauer was able to match that, going six innings pitch, two hits, one run, two walks, and nine Ks. But an absolutely a great game in the fact that there was a lot of excitement. Uh, you had a good pitcher's duel, and uh, things got a little nutty at the end. But uh, the game starts, first scoring starts in the top of the third. Nelson Velasquez, and Dustin, I watched this kid all weekend, he uh, he gets uh, his first MLB home run to left field. I actually called it. I swear to God, but it was uh, <laughs> gave the Cubs a one nothing lead. But it's just watching this guy hit and you know play the field and run the bait. He's fast. He's he's making the plays in the outfield. He can hit the ball hard. It just it goes back to that frustration that we had with Hayward getting starts over a kid like this. You know,
0: absolutely. He looked good. I'm with you. I want. I now want to see more. Nelson Velasquez, please.
2: So that one nothing lead starts off good. The Brewers didn't even get their first hit until uh, the uh, bottom of the fifth when Luis Luis Urias, who was a real pain in the butt, like he always is, hits a double. <laughs> uh, top of the seventh, there seems to be like a momentum change. Suzuki singles, Horner walks, and then Wisdom hits to a double play and Gomes grounds out. So you, you had an opportunity in the seventh to hopefully tack on some runs, and they don't. Then the bottom of the second, and this is where I was I had to take a, a Twitter timeout, I call it sometimes when I get so angry about something. Because <laughs> at, at this point right here, you know, Steele is dealing. And with two outs, you could just all of a sudden see, like, you know, the velocity's dropping a little bit, he's not finishing his pitches. Justin Steele's running out of gas. And so he walks Keston Hira, who then steals second. And then Pedro uh, Pedro Severino doubles. The game's tied at one. Then he walks Jonathan Davis. Uh, Brandon Hughes will come in to pitch reliefs. But if I thought he was done, personally, I was, you know, clapping my hands. What a a great outing after six. And he comes out in the seventh, and he does get the first two outs. But after that walk of here, I would have had somebody up at the beginning of the seventh. He walks here, uh, and I would have pulled him. Totally agree.
0: I totally agree. I think... I think you should let him get back out there for the seventh. based on how he was going, that, that's that was my read on it. But as soon as that walk happens, that's it. You know, when the walk happens, Tommy comes out, okay, and the bullpen gets going, and then maybe he throws one more pitch before you get him out of there, right? So, right,
2: and and I and I had a lot of arguments on Twitter where people, you know, were and it was David Ross in the post game saying, "Hey, you know, I want him to kind of work out of some of these things and this and that." Right,
0: something we talked about, right, Crowley? We talk- last right. episode. I think we talked player development versus you know wins for the fans and the organization. What what is the what's the goal? What's the idea? And I, you know, I I can see it both ways. I understand both sides of it. I guess if you're at the game, especially, you're more invested than if you were just listening to the Cubs on the radio or watching on TV on Marquee. But um, yeah, it, it's a it's a tough. It's tough. It's it's. A, I can see both sides of the argument, no doubt.
2: And you know the atmosphere in at Miller Park. I mean, like they're they're talking smack. We're talking smack back. And then you're just like, oh, you know. But in the top of the ninth, the, the, the that stringy haired Josh Hader comes into the game. <laughs> he's got one out. And I have gone. I don't know how many games in my lifetime. Probably at least close to 500. But. Say Suzuki for the first time ever, I got to see a Cubs player hit an inside the park home run and the excitement, there was a ball hit right to the indentation between left and center and the ball hits and it takes a cue shot directly along the center field line. So this poor left field, this poor brewer center fielder is trying to chase this ball and Suzuki's running and you can see, I mean, this is his first game back and he is absolutely gassed and, uh, you know, he gets the Willie Harris send, and they, he just makes it. But the place erupts because, again, half-Cup fans, they're absolutely That had exciting. to be awesome.
0: That had to be awesome atmosphere, no doubt, Be with, to be there live for that one. That was very cool.
2: And so Nico Horner doubles right after that, but then Wisdom strikes out, and uh, Jan Gomes once again flies out at the end of the ninth. So Jan Gomes had a couple of situations where he ends the inning with runners in scoring position. That takes us to the bottom of the ninth, trade chip. David Robertson comes in. Uh, He gives up a single to Luis Urias, uh, you know, that pain. Caratini strikes out swinging for the fourth time, and you kind of get a little chuckle, but not later. Keston Hura hits into a ground rule double, which, you know, Robertson lucked out because that should have tied it right there. Right, should have tied it. Bounced and hits that center field wall and comes back into play. So you got runners at second and third. Jace Peterson strikes out swinging, so you got two outs right there and you're one out away, and then Colton Wong, who's a pinch hitter, gets hit by a pitch, and then he walks Kristen, Christian Yelich, which was the tying run. Will uh, Willie Adamas, who had a brutal series for the Brewers, strikes out swinging. So, you know, you, you gave up two free bases to tie the game, which was very frustrating. Top of the 10th, Andrelton Simmons is going to be your courtesy runner at second. Ortega singles surprisingly Simmons was held up at third. Okay. Revis flies out. You got one out Morell, who walked. Now you got the bases loaded for Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, your two best hitters and Contreras strikes out swinging and Happ strikes out with the bat on his shoulder bases loaded one out your two best hitters and you couldn't score. And I just knew it at that point, I'm like, you're not coming back.
0: Yeah. That. Momentum momentum definitely shifts back that way. And I just can't stand Ian Hap standing there with the bat on his shoulders, striking out, looking with the bases loaded in an extra inning game. It's just rough. That's that's rough.
2: And then there you get to the bottom of the 10th, and Willie Adam is is your runner at second. McCutcheon flies out. You got one off, one out. Uh, Scott Efros, who was pitching in the game, intentionally walked Rowdy Telez. I had no problem with that. Luis Urias pops out to Nico. You got two outs for Victor Caratini, former Cub. Four strikeouts. The old golden sombrero on the day. And he hits a three-run walk-off to center. And it was just brutal for me. I, like I said, had to go into a Twitter timeout. I was so pissed off. And,
0: and nobody will remember the golden sombrero for Victor that afternoon at after the three-run walk-off homer. It's all about that then.
2: Oh, I, I, I didn't uh, – we drove uh, straight home. I went straight back home to Illinois. I, I was, didn't go back to Wisconsin. I didn't say two words the whole drive home. I was so, <laughs> so steamed. And, you know, Morel had an interesting game. He walked three times but he struck out twice, so on base three times, no hits. But Wilson Contreras was 0 for 5, 2 Ks, 4 left on base. After that strikeout in the top of the 10th, he was pulled from the game with a hamstring issue, so there's that. And then Hap was 1 for 5. He had a double, but he had 4 Ks, 3 left on base. And like I said, both those guys there. Gomes was 0 for 3, left 3 on base, Twice he left runners in scoring position. The good news, Suzuki in his first game back two for four with that inside the park home run. But the Cubs were one for ten with runners in scoring position, and that's the difference in the ballgame. Yeah, you don't win a
0: lot of games when it's one for ten in runners in scoring position. It's really difficult to win a ballgame when that's the situation. So the best news of that game is that uh, Suzuki was back inside the park home run. was fun, and we got a pretty decent game from Justin Steele, and we can debate whether or not he was used properly towards the end. All right, that takes us into game two. Kyle Hendricks on the mound against the Brewers still up
2: at Miller Park. Yeah, the Hendricks versus Jason Alexander, not of Seinfeld fame, but Hendricks right away from the start doesn't look that good. His velocity's down. He gave up a two-run homer in the first to Rowdy Telez. The Cubs pull him after three, right shoulder fatigue, The same uh, issue that plagued him for most of June, where he didn't start for two weeks. So Matt Swarmer comes into the game. Top of the fourth base is loaded one out. Velasquez grounds out. Patrick Wisdom scores. The Cubs trail 2-1. to Uh, Top of the fifth, one out. Nico reaches on a throwing error by shortstop Willie Adams, who I said had a brutal series. He steals second. Hap doubles. Game tied at 2 then San Suzuki, he doesn't have to run that hard this time because he hits a blast. Cubs lead four to two. And then in the top of the six, he had back-to-back singles by Jan Gomes and Nelson Velasquez. Bodie strikes out on a foul bunt. But then Rafael Ortega triples. Cubs lead six to two. Hap walks and in a bizarre play. So you got that triple by Ortega. You got Ortega third and Hap at first. They go for the double steal and Ortega is able to steal home and the Cubs lead seven to two, which was a fun play to see and then finally Suzuki singles, Hap scores and the Cubs lead 8 to 2. Uh Victor is going to get another RBI to make it 8-3. Uh but but great offensive game for the Cubs. Ortega 2 for 3 with two RBIs. Suzuki stays hot, 2 for 5 with three RBIs. And hat tip uh to the bullpen who had to cover, you know, 6 innings. And I know I've been riding um rowan wick rowan wick pretty hard he came in and had a clutch situation bases loaded no outs gets out of it and then uh works another scoreless inning so hopefully whatever issues he had he's done with those
0: yeah michael rucker came in he was part of that uh three bullpen effort and then cubs announced in the press box that Hendricks left the game with right shoulder soreness and now he's uh been moved over to the IL we'll get into that in a few minutes so Crowley we got to fly a W north of the Cheddar Curtain that was great news Suzuki as you mentioned stays hot so what a difference he's making already to the lineup as he comes back in and then it's game three and it's Adrian
2: Sampson versus the defending Cy Young winner right Corbin Burns and that's where I was so irritated about that game one loss cuz it's like you almost just we talked about this last time you almost pencil the Ellen Corbin yep. Burns stud versus Yo Adrian Sampson who's had good starts <laughs> coming back but but it's just this is why I don't gamble on sports you never know what happens on any given day Burns was as we expected 7 innings pitched 3 hits 1 walk 10 Ks so just phenomenal but Adrian Sampson was going toe to toe with him 5.2 innings, four hits, one run, five Ks. He brings his ERA down to 291. He's really making a case for himself right now. I'll tell you that.
0: Yes. Yes, he is. I mean, listen, they, they've, got a, they've got a group of young guys that they're going to have to make some decisions on, no, no doubt, or are going to put these guys in the bullpen.
2: Right, and and there's nothing wrong with developing a little bit more. Uh, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to AAA. There, there's a lot of options, and you'd rather have that problem than not having anybody to make decisions on. Top of the fifth, one out. Alfonso Rivas hits a double off Corbin Burns. Then P.J. Higgins drives one to left, and Keston Hiura s- makes an incredible c- catch, slamming into the wall, robbed the Cubs of a run there. So it's still no score, but that in the bottom of the fifth, how many times has Pat Hughes talked about this, where the guy that makes the amazing defensive play in the top inning, makes an amazing offensive play in the bottom of the inning. And that's right. exactly what happened. Two outs. The guy who robbed the Cubs of a run hits a home run solo shot. So Keston Hira gives a one run lead and you're thinking to yourself, okay, burn seven, Williamson eight, and then uh, finish it up with Hader nine. Brewers take the series. Not what happens. No. Top of the eighth, Brad Boxberger comes in, not Devin Williams, and he uh, gets Higgins to strike out, but then Morell triples. They pitch around Suzuki, walk, and then Rafael Ortega with a clutch single. Morel scores, and now the game is tied at one. Then you get to the top of the ninth. The stringy-haired guy, Josh Hader, comes back out. Wisdom walks, leadoff walk. Velasquez strikes out. Wisdom steals second. Gome strikes out. Two out. And this guy, PJ Higgins, hits a double, and the Cubs take a 2 1 lead. Robertson into the ninth, much better this time around. One, two, three innings. But PJ Higgins has done everything the Cubs have asked and more. Just a great piece to have on the bench. And the Cubs win their fourth straight series. So absolutely amazing.
0: That was awesome. PJ Higgins, good for him. Fly that damn W, Crowley. And nothing, you know, the best part, honestly, other than Suzuki, the best part of this series the Cubs winning that series two things it's on the road it's against the team in the division that's leading and you got to Josh Hader not once but twice you never thought in that game that you'd get to him the second time because you'd already gotten to him once in the series to get to that guy twice in the same series is pretty unbelievable
2: yeah and and nothing makes me happier
0: (laughs) nothing makes you happier than that You're listening to the Fly the W podcast. My name is Dustin Rhodes. As always, I'm joined with my buddy Crowley. This is season one. It is episode 13. And we told you when we started this thing, we're going to bring you some great guests. The next gentleman we're talking to is a great guest. He is the Odyssey Sports MLB insider, Bob
2: Nightingale. Our next guest on Fly the W, you see his work on USA Today, baseball columnist Bob Nightingale. How you doing, Bob?
1: Yeah, doing great, Crowley. You
2: Doing all right. Uh, you know, I was reading an article that you wrote, and it's caused a lot of buzz with Cub fans. Uh, Xander Bogarts, uh, some of the industry executives you've been talking to have kind of seen Xander Bogarts potentially opting out of his deal with Boston and seeing Chicago as a possible landing spot. Uh, is Xander doesn't seem like he really was happy with the last offer Boston made him.
1: No, they only gave him an offer one more year. It's like, wait a minute now. We just saw these guys getting uh- – you know, three hundred million dollar contracts off season. You know, I deserve a little more respect than that. So beloved in Boston, making twenty million dollars a year, he can do better than the free agent market. So, yeah, you know, he's he's going to opt out, and certainly Boston can keep him. But if he hits the market, you know, then it's a, uh, a great, great shortstop class once again.
2: Now, a lot of Cub fans have been frustrated um, with the lack of spending, uh, especially the last couple off seasons, unloading of all the former 2016 All-Stars that we had. And, you know, question about, you know, with all of that, do you see the Cubs spending money to get a guy like Xander Bogarts? Do you see them increasing their payroll? We heard from Crane Kenny, uh, president of business ops, saying that the money's going to get rolled over to next year. What do you see happening as far as the Cubs being able to spend for somebody like Xander Bogarts?
1: Well, I definitely think they'll spend. Uh, I don't think there's a GM in the business that doesn't think the Cubs are going to spend next year and, you know, help that rebuilding process and maybe being contention. I mean, if you're going to rebuild, that's the right division to do it in because you can bounce back in a hurry. Uh, So, no, I think think they'll get a a big-time free agent in the winter. And uh, you know it made no sense to keep those other guys uh, just because you're going to rebuild. You know they're no part of it. You know there's no part of that future. You're know, watching Javi Baez. He might be the most disappointing uh, player in baseball this season. What he's done. You know Rizzo's. Uh, you know done well with the Yankees. A little bit some injuries. And you know Chris Bryant has really struggled with the Rockies. He's only hit one home run. So you know you can't. Really question as far as what the uh, Cubs did with those pending free agents. They did the best they could. Got their uh, got some prospects back, and now I think it's time to say, okay, who do we want to build around here?
2: Now, a couple comments that have really uh, affected the Cubs fan base. Uh, I heard uh, there was one article that had uh, Aaron Judge, potential free agent, you know, making comments about you know, executive saying he doesn't want to play for a loser, and then Correa also saying he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Do you think the Cubs are still a premier destination for prime free agents?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't see Aaron Judge there. I, I still think Aaron Judge stays in, uh, with the Yankees. If he goes anywhere, and it's a big if, it would be the San Francisco Giants. Uh grew up in the Fresno area, but the Giants, you know, they'll spend $300 million. So that's about the only place I, I could see him. Uh, you know, I don't see the Cubs going and spending $300 million. That's why, you know, they could have had Korea last offseason, but, you know, they didn't want to do all the uh, opt-outs like the Twins did. And if you were going to spend $300 million from then, no reason to do it now. So, yeah, I would think the Cubs, would, you know, they look strong. They like got like Bogarts. Who they get for, uh, you know, less than half the price? Uh, Dansby Swanson is still out there. Uh, Trey Turner, but, you know, Turner prefers to go out east if he doesn't stay with the Dodgers. So that's why I think the Bogarts is the perfect fit. And, uh, you know, maybe go get uh, another big-time starter. You know, maybe a guy like uh, Ejecto DeGrom, you know, a lot of question marks, red flags, whether he can stay healthy. But certainly with an arm like that, you look at him.
2: Now, you know, we knew what the Cubs plan going in this season was. They, you know, they weren't going to honestly contend. But they signed Wade, or they picked up Wade Miley's last year, that contract. They signed Drew Smiley to a one-year contract, Dave Robertson to a one-year deal. And unfortunately, Miley and Smiley haven't been around that much. They've had injuries. David Robertson's looked good. He had a little hiccup the other day in uh, Milwaukee. But do you think there's still time? We're a couple of weeks away from the deadline for Smiley and Miley to potentially open some eyes at front offices starting pitching. Everyone always needs starting pitching. Do you think they still have a possibility that they're, they could garner some interest in the uh, trade market? Well,
1: I hey, think those two guys you would have to give away. But you remember now, there's another trade deadline on August 31st. You clear waivers. Miley, for instance, is making $10 million. He will definitely clear waivers. So they can move, they can move him in August. And I think that's why when they got those three guys, you're talking about Robertson too, is to move them, hoping they have good first halves and trade them. And they were signing those guys to, you know, get to the postseason. But they thought it would be good investments that, okay, help out the young guys and then move them at the uh, trade deadline. And that's what they do with Robertson. You know, that turned out to be a great signing for $3 million. And uh, they could get a nice little return for him.
2: Yeah, that's the hope. Um, when I take a look at Korea or I'm sorry, when I take the two, uh, obviously targets that I think most teams are probably going to have for the Cubs are Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. Now Wilson has a little bit of a hamstring issue going on, but you know, I've heard the argument that with Contreras, is he going to be able to, in half a season get to know a opposing, or I mean a new team's pitching staff, obviously there's DHs. So that makes it a little bit easier. But now we're starting to hear more and more rumblings that Hap seems to be the guy that the Cubs are trying to shop. Have you heard anything on either of those two guys lately?
1: Well, I mean, I'd be the whole industry be completely floored if Contreras isn't moved. You know, I'm sure it'll, they'll try to make one more move to try to uh, sign him to a contract. You know, he wants over a hundred million dollars. I mean, you know, that's where they uh, gave J.T. Realmuto in Philadelphia. So I think he'll definitely get moved. Uh, to your point, probably a lot of teams. Don't like the fact a new catcher coming in, trying to learn the system, trying to learn all the new pitchers. But with a DH, it makes a big difference. And let's be honest, he's the uh, the big fish out there for our position players. So they should get a nice return on him. They really should. Uh, you know, they throw Hap out there too. Listen to offers. They certainly don't have to uh, move Hap. Where I think you know, with the Contreras uh, deal, you have got to move him unless you're going to sign him here in the next two or three weeks. And if you haven't done that by, you know, if you haven't made progress by now, uh, I don't think anybody's stance is changing.
2: Jed Hoyer has come under a lot of fire, I would say, as as far as, you know, he's had to make a lot of the difficult moves, no doubt about it. Uh, Jason Hayward, a year and a half left on his deal, but the Cubs have a lot of interesting young players. We saw Nelson Velasquez have a good series against Mo- uh, Milwaukee. Um, we're just, you know, especially now that C.S. Suzuki's back and healthy and looking good. How, long, how much longer do you think Jason Hayward has with the Cubs? Do you think he finishes the contract in a year and a half, or do you think that he would be DFA'd, say, maybe similar to Robinson Cano?
1: Yeah, I think next spring will be the big thing. You know, carrying, carrying this long with the uh, offensive struggles, go to next spring. If he has a good spring, it'll be easier to move. Uh, if he has a poor spring, you go ahead and uh, release him. I mean, the uh, Angels did that with Justin Upton, did that with holes. You are know, seeing, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Robinson Cano. It happens more and more now. So if you kept him this long, I would definitely think you bring him in a spring training, hope he has a big spring, and then try to move him in and, uh, you know, save, save some money. No one's going to pick up the entire contract, but you can save some money off it.
2: Uh, you did a great article uh, about some close friends of mine, Stuart McVicker and Club 400, and it was just such a great article. What did you find interesting about Club 400 and the things that they're doing in the Chicago community?
1: Well, I just think it's so cool what they're doing there. Uh, you know, I never heard of it until, you know, spring training, you know, when I saw you out in uh, Mesa and met Stuart and Mitt, uh, Stewart, and, uh, and what it was and, you know, got the brochures and stuff. So it's cool just doing that from the bottom of his heart, trying to help out fans. Like he says, it's, you know, primarily for Cub fans. But, hey, if it's a White Sox fan or Cardinal fan or whatever that needs help, you know, they're not going to turn their back. But I think it's a special, uh, uh, special group and he's a special guy doing that. Uh, I can't wait to come, you know, see his basement one day and see what that's all about. But it's a, uh, great to see people doing that from the bottom of his heart. And uh, it's had a big impact on people. You know, he's impacted a lot of lives.
2: Yeah, we we are very much looking forward to having you out to Club 400 at an event sometime. Bob, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today. And hopefully we'll uh, have you on again.
1: All right. Look forward to it, Collie. Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Fly
0: the W670 podcast. This is episode one not episode one it's season one it's episode 13 we're calling this the halfway marker as the Cubs have played half of their games just about as we are dropping this one on a Thursday morning as the Cubs are about set to take on the Dodgers for a set that we'll talk about in just a few minutes but Crowley we thank Bob Nightingale for joining us let's take a look at the Cubs roster right now with some injuries some guys that might be getting back to the north side sooner rather than later
2: Yeah, as we talked about, Kyle Hendricks is on the 15-day IL, and he's going to get an MRI, so fingers crossed for Kyle. Anderson Espinosa, he's been up before. He gets the call-up from Tennessee, so that's the corresponding roster move. Nick Magical, you remember him? And Daniel Daniel Norris. Oh, God. Um, They are playing today, Thursday, uh, for the Iowa Cubs, and Frank Schwindel is going to make his debut with the Iowa Cubs on Friday. Contreras is day to day. Smiley and um, we have Ma- uh, Marcus Stroman are, is are back with the team. They're going to throw a bullpen before it's determined where they will be slotted in the rotation.
0: So the good news there, Crowley, is that we should see probably Marcus Strowman at some point versus the Dodgers over this weekend.
2: You, you could see Stroman, you could see Smiley, so good to have some reinforcements back in and I'm guessing you definitely see at least one of the two.
0: So the Cubs are west; they're taking on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the best team in the National League. They have already won 51 games and have only dropped 29. So Crowley, how do you how do you see this one? What's the? I I know what I'm going to say as usual in these situations. Just don't get
2: swept. Well, you got four games, and that's really your tough. favorite. Your your <laughs> yeah, four games, nine ten starts. Can't wait. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to sweep a four-game series. The Cubs have been playing well of late. Uh, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. As I talked about, they've won four straight series. And, yeah, the Cincinnati, you expect to win that one, but they've beaten St. Louis. They've beaten Milwaukee. So, though, that's one and two in the Central. And they beat the Red Sox, who have been playing really well. So, the Cubs have been playing some good balls. So, I, I would love to see a split. Uh, that would be what I'm hoping for. But if – You know, don't get swept is a pretty good motto as well.
0: Right. Don't, I mean, don't get swept. A split would be, boy, a split. You could throw a parade when they get back to Wrigley Field if if they split with this team based on also who's pitching. So we've got game one tonight, Crowley. What are you seeing? Who's throwing?
2: Well, you know, when we looked last time, we saw the Dodgers come in at the first weekend of May and the Cubs got swept in three games. Kershaw and the Dodgers took game one seven to nothing. The Cubs had to throw a bullpen game uh, in the second. half of that was a double header. If you remember Tyler Anderson started that game, we're going to see him as well. They lost six, two and in the third game, Justin Steele got uh, knocked around a little bit. And so uh, he lost to Walker Bueller who we're not seeing this time around seven to one. But the fact is, is we don't have to see Walker Bueller, but you still have to face four phenomenal pitchers. This is not going to be an easy task by any stretch of the imagination. Game one, nine, 10, get your coffee ready. Cup fans. central time. At Dodger Stadium, you have Mark Leiter Jr. making the start. He's 2-2 with a 45 ERA versus Tony Gonsolin, who's been an absolute stud for the Dodgers. 10-0 with a 154 ERA, 7K, 77 Ks. But remember what we said, man. That's why you watch the games. Uh, you never know what's going to happen.
0: You never know what's going to happen. I might have to go over to – I am in French Lick, Indiana – right now for my daughter's dance competition and I may have to go to the sports book and invest in this game unfortunately
2: I'm hoping you're betting on the Cubs that's my hope there but uh, they've got to be
0: they've (laughs) got to be really good plus money today Crowley okay (laughs) with no offense to no offense to lighter or you know what the better bet might be just from the fun aspect is just go ahead and bet the over because I think there'll be some run score tonight
2: uh, in the game, you know, that we're looking at, it's, you don't have a lot of numbers that we, we can kind of glean from the situation. You're, you're just with Mark Leiter. Nobody's really had more than four at bats against them other than Trey Turner, who's hitting two eighty six. And with the Cubs, they haven't really seen Tony Gonsolin. Uh, nobody's had more than two at uh, three at bats. And that's Rafael Ortega and he's over three. So not a lot of, like you said, it's take a look at what the sports book said, but Hey, maybe if you get good odds, maybe just throw a little down. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I'm taking a look at that for us right now. My internet's a little a little slow in French Lick, We're home of Larry Bird. So, you know, I'm going to try his uh, shooting shirt on later on this week. He's got a uh, he's got a restaurant. Yeah. So the Dodgers, Crawley, I, I will not be betting the Dodgers. The Dodgers are minus two eighty five. <laughs> so if you're not a gambler, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not into the gambling scene, that means you have to lay two hundred and eighty five dollars in order to win. $100. But the over-under is 8.5, and, and I am going to say over 8.5. So we'll see uh, when we get back to this thing early next week how we did. But that's that's how the odds makers see uh, game number one between the Cubs and the Dodgers. All right, let's move into game number two. This will be Friday night, and we get to see Keegan Thompson back on the bump.
2: Keegan Thompson versus Tyler Anderson. Uh, in May, again, Tyler Anderson faced the Cubs. He went five innings pitch. Uh, four hits, two runs, one walk, seven Ks. Uh, Keegan was uh, a reliever at that time, I believe. So, or he didn't have a start against them, but, you know, not a lot of at-bats again against Keegan. Mookie Betts has four and he hits 500. Hopefully uh, this is, you know, obviously Keegan's a different pitcher than when when they last faced off. Tyler Anderson uh, has pretty good numbers against the Cubs. Wilson Contreras is 273 and 22 at-bats, but I doubt he's going to be an option. Uh, but Seiya Suzuki faced him three times and he got a hit, so uh, Seiya's hot. Let's see what he does against Mister Anderson.
0: Yep, it'll be good to see Seiya Suzuki against a top-flight pitching staff, and let's see how he does out in LA. All right, that takes us into game number three, and we get to see Clayton Kershaw. So this is Saturday night, so it might be worth you know staying up a little bit late or you know investing some time on your Saturday to see Clayton Kershaw throw. Unfortunately, it's against the Cubs and unfortunately right now it's TBD, but this could be this could be the Marcus Stroman game.
2: Potentially the Marcus Stroman game. So you 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 have TBD versus Kershaw. Kershaw's 5 and 2 at the 257 ERA. The last time he faced the Cubs in May, he uh ended up going 7 innings, gave up 5 hits, 0 runs. Not a lot of strikeouts, 2 Ks, but we all know what he brings to the table. He's just an amazing Probably the best, arguably the best pitcher of uh, our generation, this last generation here. So Kershaw, it's going to be a tough matchup. Hopefully Stroman's up for the task. His rehab start in Iowa didn't go so great. So we'll we'll see what happens. But it's it's going to be a tough one. There's no doubt. There's going to be no easy ones this weekend. Right. I'm curious to know what you think,
0: Crowley. So if it ends up being like you know, I think it would be Justin Steele's turn technically, if the, in that situation. Or you know it could be you know would you take Swarmer out of the bullpen and let him start again you know I mean would you want to see a younger guy get that experience of playing against right now the National League's best team on the road under the lights against somebody like Clayton Kershaw who they're not facing but you understand what I'm saying like the the the, the pressure the the ambiance all of that would you rather see one of the younger guys get that Opportunity versus seeing Strowman, who's been there, done that.
2: Well, you got to get Strowman going. I mean, to me, that I mean, he is—he's a guy that's going to be here for maybe for three years, is what you have him. But there's opt outs and all sorts of funky things. But you got to get this guy rolling. I mean, he hasn't—we haven't seen the best of what Marcus Strowman has to offer. And he, this, he, we got to get him pitching. So um I think you know you got a four-game series, so you can get the best of both worlds. You can get steel and you can get either Strowman or Smiley, whatever you feel is, whoever throws the better bullpen, you can do that as well.
0: Absolutely. All right, that takes us into game number four. That will be an afternoon, a little bit after uh,
2: 3 o'clock, I believe. 3.10 Eastern okay?
0: time, yeah, 3.10. 3.10 Eastern or 4.10 Eastern? That would be 4.10 Eastern. Okay, so a little bit after 3 Chicago time, Sunday afternoon. So it's game four, and again, right now it's TBD. We talked about a couple of the guys that could throw for the Cubs potentially.
2: Yeah, uh, Julio Urias is going to take the bump for the Dodgers. And I always, the one thing I do like about facing the Dodgers, and I know that they've been so much better than the Cubs since 2016, but it always reminds me of the game uh, of the NLCS in 2016. I remember Clayton Kershaw spinning around and kneeling as Rizzo hit a 400-foot home run to right center. And uh, it was against uh, Urias that, uh, that the Cubs made their big comeback. Um when they weren't hitting and they were struggling, it was a Ben Zobris bunt if you remember that that mm-hmm. kind of sparked the Cubs against Julio Odia. Uh, Wilson has seen him seven times, bat 143. Gomes uh hits 333 against him. So you got that. But other than that, no one's really faced him too much. So as we talked about, it it's it's a it's a test. And the last time the Cubs failed the test, they got swept in three games, and they and none of those games were competitive. So now you're taking a look here and saying to yourself, okay, we have some young players that are starting to produce a little bit. Uh, Morel has gotten his walk rate up, but he's still striking out a lot. You have Nelson Velasquez that we talked about. Seiya Suzuki is not a young guy like that guy, but it's his first year in the majors. And so all these guys are going to be in the lineup. Uh, Let's see if, obviously, PJ Higgins is going to get some catching uh, starts, at least one, you you would assume. Yep. So it, it's a different team slightly than what the Dodgers faced in early May, the first weekend of May. And the pitchers have developed a lot. I think that, even, you know, when you compare Keegan and Justin, I mean, Keegan's role is completely different. And Justin, I think, is a much better pitcher now than he was at the beginning of the year. So, you know, it, it's, I'm going to be watching because it's a test and you ask yourself, how do they compare against the best that the NL has to offer?
0: absolutely it will be a good test Um, i am saying just please don't get swept we would both love if we get to fly the w2 out of the four times but let's at least uh hope for the one and let's hope for uh, good health and uh, good opportunities for the young guys. So that's a wrap on Season 1, Episode 13. We called this one the halfway marker. We had the Cubs taking 2 or 3 from the Brewers and continuing to win series. We heard from Bob Nightingale. Crowley, hope you have a good rest of your week. An early happy birthday wish to you as that is coming up for you. And uh, enjoy the games against the Dodgers. We'll be back after this series
2: to recap it for you. And don't forget to follow us on all our socials, Fly the W on Facebook, Fly the W 670 on Twitter and Instagram, and email us at flythew670 at gmail.com.